0: Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective.
1: Welcome to Behavioral Health Today. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. My guest today is Foss Ruggiero. Foss has been practicing for nearly 40 years with experience in counseling and psychology. His career has spanned a wide array of settings, from clinics for deaf children to prisons and major corporations. As a president of the Community Psychological Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania, FOSS developed the Process Way of Life Counseling Program, now featured in his award-winning book, The Fix Yourself Handbook. This program offers a comprehensive approach addressing over 50 internal human processes to help individuals overcome life's challenges. Faust's expertise has earned him recognition nationally and internationally, and he hosts a radio show, Fix It with Faust. In 2023, he released the second installment of the Fix Your Self Empowerment series titled The Fix Your Anxiety Handbook. Foss is committed to improving lives through his innovative counseling and personal development programs, and we're excited to have him with us today to discuss anxiety, desperation, and his book, Fix Your Anxiety. Foss, welcome to the show.
0: Graham, it's so nice to be here with you. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Well, it's nice to have you. Thanks for being here with us. You know, I'd like to start just by letting our listeners know a little bit more about you, kind of what in your life brought you both into this field and why the focus on
0: anxiety? Well, you know, Graham, I've been, I, just, I was the kid, you know, who everybody came to, to talk to. I, I, from the beginning, I love people. I love to hear people. I love to learn about people. I find people fascinating. So, you know, right through high school, that was, you know, just part of the picture. So I knew at that point I was going into psychology. So did that, went in you know, college and grad school and the whole deal and came out and began diversifying things. I even did that in college. You know, I went clinical psychology, but I backed it up with a kind of a dual major in developmental because I wanted that, you know, clinical and normal kind of approach. So right. I went out and I grabbed as many different settings as I could initially before I went into private practice and I've done private practice now for it's about thirty-fifth year now in private practice over well over 40 doing this. So I'm, I'm just a newbie, you know,
1: <laughs> that's really good. I think this is a wonderful field and I think that a lot of folks come into it realizing that, hey. I've got a way with people. I've got a heart for people, and I've got the ability to be curious and interested in who they are. And if I can do that, maybe I can help them uncover uncover some things that in their lives maybe they haven't got a full understanding of or handle on yet. You have focused in a number of areas, and I love, you know, the the book's approach on you know taking a look at these internal things that we actually can control. Why the emphasis in anxiety? Have you found what's been interesting in that for you?
0: That's always been one of the uh, the areas of of treatment for me, but uh, we did the first book back in, I'm sorry, in 2019, and it went well and the process program worked well. People were buying it. The way we designed it was an easy read with all the action steps, which as you know, with counseling, if you're not giving them action steps, it's a problem. Well, when the pandemic hit and it was time to do, we were looking at the second book. I said, man, look around. The anxiety has just... Become Absolutely. so profound. I mean, it is everywhere. So that was the logical next step. Again, the program, we can use all the components from from the first book from the Process way of life. And I decided, let's go into anxiety. We released that in June and it has just taken off. That's so good. Oh, so, you know. That's so good. The books are designed to stimulate a counseling session, really. You know, we give them the information. Let's let's start, you know, dispelling the myths. Let's purge what you're doing wrong. Let's look at well, you know the information that's going to make sense for you, and now let's give you all those action stuff. Let's give you those things you need to do. If you do these, you're going to start making changes. That part is what is really grabbed people. They're saying, finally, someone's not just giving me information; they're giving me what to do with the information.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I think I think what's really cool about that is that you know anxiety, the perception of it at least, causes us to believe that we we don't have control; that it is in control of us. I, I love. For our listeners, maybe to get kind of a cornerstone understanding with 35 plus 40 years in this, how have you come to understand anxiety and how do you explain it to folks so that they can get kind of a working definition and also maybe kind of a kind of a different perspective on it rather than it
0: controlling us, we maybe have control of it. How do you explain it to folks? You know, your, your term, I love the term you used, their perception of it. We, we've been taught to think of anxiety as though we have a mental disease, a mental problem Right, anxiety is primarily a physical condition. That's the first thing I want them to understand. You're reacting emotionally and intellectually. You're, you know, you're just you're losing your capacity to think correctly. But if you think about it, that all exists in an environment where the body has been so accelerated that you know you want to jump out of your skin. It's physical first. That's the first thing I tell them. The second thing I want them to understand is that it's a condition you have. It's not who you are. The, the, the mental approach to this has inadvertently led people to believe that they have a mental disease. I have a, a mental disorder because I have anxiety. That's so far from the truth. Yeah. When it, you know, when you have other concerns, you know, OCD or all those things, then it gets more into the mental health thing. But when they come in the office and I start saying, well, "Let's purge all those things you're doing wrong—those accelerants, the sleep schedules, the diet—let's start purging and let's start." getting into the physical component in three, four months, I've got 50% of the problem solved with them. They've solved it. It's physical first.
1: Yeah. You know, what's so hard about that is that the physical part is actually real. That's the fight or flight. That's the, that's the, the sympathetic nervous system exactly kind of going into that place. And there's a, there's a real reaction. I've, I've got a couple of MRI shots of Folks, and what we call kind of a red brain or trauma brain, and you know, the fight or flight brain and the normal brain. And it is literally the whole brain in that anxiety state, that fight or flight, it is lit up. And you know, you say to people, Well, just you know, calm down, it's not that bad in their brain, it is, it is that real and it is that bad. And usually, under anxiety, panic, you know, that kind of thing, people think they're going to go crazy or they're going to lose their minds or they're going to die. Exactly. And it is a frightening, frightening experience when you don't know what it is and you begin to pair this belief that I haven't got control of this. It's got control of me and I'm only as good until the next anxiety attack. And I'm I'm at risk or I'm at, I'm, I'm at the mercy of the next one that comes and I wonder when it's going to become. And then what happens is we get afraid of the fear, don't we? We fear the fear of it happening again. And it's an awful
0: cycle to be in and they feel powerless. It is. And if you look at those MRIs, people think, Oh, when I get that anxiety attack or whatever, that's when everything lights up. The interesting component is it's lit up all the time. It's that's not right. bright, it's not glowing, but it's right. it, it has that red area more often than people who have lower levels right. of anxiety. So what that does when you interpret that into cognition and behavior, it has you apprehensive. It has you now believing, okay, that's right, it's there. I know it's there, but it's coming again. There now you you have the the foundation for your weakness for your your the feeling that this is me this is who I am it's always going to be this way
1: that's really well put it's almost like there's this perpetual kindling uh-huh. that's right there and this almost takes a little bit of a spark to get certain things going and certain things can trigger it and actually a lot of times people you know are looking for the it that triggers it but there oftentimes it, it's what they don't oh, exactly you're nodding your head no. It's, it doesn't require oftentimes, you know, a precipitating event that kind of triggers that off. It can just, it can just go. So let's, let's, let's go down a little bit deeper. I I love the way you're framing this. And I think what you're looking to do is to help folks see that a large part of anxiety, while there is a physical piece to it, for sure, because there's a, there's a, a physiological reaction, the fight or flight kicks off our sympathetic nervous system, having sympathy over those moments, get us geared up for a perception of a threat that we believe we have to kind of manage in that moment. What do you do then to help under- folks understand that this is this is a perception here, that you can actually, if you can understand this better, you can begin to
0: demystify it and regain some control. Talk about that process, would you? Well, I, I contrasted the, this condition with diseases. People have cancer and Lou Gehrig's disease. Those people have that. One of the two things they do in doing that is different. First of all, they champion their fight against it. They make it public. And the second thing they do is they say, I'm fighting that demon, that thing. We don't do that with anxiety. We own it. We make it part of who we are. Therefore, no matter what we do, we're fighting ourselves. So so nothing is ever going to be successful because you have internal collateral damage all the time. So you externalize that fight. I externalize it. I called it the anxiety demon that has invaded your body and we need to fight the demon. All of a sudden, and I saw this in my practice, people were saying, I never thought of it that way. (laughs) I'm beating me up every time I beat the demon up, if you will. I said, we're going to, we're going to, you know, look at this as that disease, so to speak, that it's invaded your body, just like everyone else. Stop keeping it secret. Stop putting the mask on and trying to convince people you don't have it. Hey, I got anxiety. This is what I have. I am going to beat it. Just like that cancer person says, I am coming through this. I'm going to be a cancer survivor. You're going to be an anxiety survivor. I have them approach it that way. World of difference in the way people deal with.
1: I think that's a really key start when you're externalizing it and also when you're depersonalizing it. This is not about who you are. It's maybe what's happened to you, or maybe there's something in your life that we can understand this around. And I was working with a lady this week and decades of anxiety. And after several sessions, I, we, we, re, we realized that there was such disappointment and hurt in her life early on. And there was no one in her family to help her understand what was going on in her life. There was nobody available. So what do we do when we don't have significant others to be there and go through hard times? We suppress everything mm-hmm. and we suppress hard, strong feelings. And as soon as those feelings of maybe just, you know, sadness or loss or, you know, fear begin to surface, what does one get? They become anxious, they become afraid. You have panic attacks because you haven't got the emotional muscle. the affect effective tolerance to manage that. It becomes, feels like it's gonna become overwhelming. And now you've got this anxiety attack. And so she's been having her anxiety treated for decades, literally. And we we, we kind of stopped together. And I said, you know, what if you're not anxious, really? What if you're just afraid of some of the feelings that you've never been able to manage yourself with before? You've always been by yourself. What if we can learn to build some emotional muscle around some of these feelings that can get processed, that can be worked through? And the anxiety is just an indicator that you haven't got that emotional muscle yet. They're frightening, and now we've got a relationship and our work together. We we can do this together. I would love to hear how you've seen people learn about maybe what they're really anxious about. What are some of the common causes of anxiety in the four decades that you've been doing this work?
0: You know, the first thing I do, like you do, with when they come into treatment is, I'm here. You are no longer alone. That what you said. That's huge, invaluable, and. Along with you're not alone, is I validate what you say. I know, I know anxiety, I know what you're telling me. Everywhere you believe you, I'm already there. I know what's going to happen. And yes, you are right. Now they look and they say, okay, you know what that does? That takes the I am crazy statement out of their life. Yep. Because that's what they start, what you start to believe, you know, fight or flight, exaggerated levels of that have you feeling insane i can't think i gotta run get me out of here yeah and then people of course invalidated and said oh come on get over it will you get over yourself this is ridiculous you're such a weakling and
1: what have you got to be anxious about right yeah so we
0: start there once i validate and now now we we have that connection we're going to start with look the first thing i want you to understand is you're not going to stop this mentally yet you know you're not there yet I thought, you won't get there. We're going to work on your physical part first. We're going to get this down. Now, you want to start identifying some triggers as we do it? Mm-hmm. Now, we can do it physical first, or we can do it simultaneously. But we are going to, then we'll identify things. But I need you to understand, you have a body that reacts. It's, it's neurotransmitter production. It's all that kind of stuff. This is a statement that gets them all. I said, if you were diabetic, could you think your way into be able to eat as many carbs as you wanted to? Well, they say, no, that's ridiculous. I said, okay, it's physical, right? Yes. So is your anxiety, neurotransmitter production. And I explained the concept. Can you think your transmitters do now stimulate your brain more efficiently? No. I said, okay, we got to go physical first, right? Light bulbs. Yeah, we'll start there. Whether I'm right on target or not, I did something with them that no one has ever done. I gave them a concrete and absolute starting place. We're gonna start there and then we're gonna expand on it. And I'm gonna be with you every step of the way. Now we can say, are there some triggers? Maybe PTSD, maybe something you're worried about, Mm -hmm. things that have been repetitive in your life that have not worked out, relationships that are bad, whatever it may be. I said, but the real bottom line is you have a body that reacts to these things. It gets anxious quickly. You know, it just happens. You know, you can have the guy over here that says, well, you present, well, all these things. It doesn't react. And I said, well, how come I present you? You react. Hmm. And the, the, it's interesting. The first thing they say is my brain or something wrong. No. Hmm. I said, all that happened is all of a sudden, everything accelerated. Yeah. He didn't get that. His bo- that didn't happen to his body. It happened to your body. And and if you think about it, when you are in that state, your emotions react faster and and with more depth and your intellect now is bouncing all over the place, racing thoughts, and you can't get anything in a coherent perspective. So what do we want to do? Let's calm you down first. Yeah. Very good. Really good. And I said, don't worry about, you know, we can talk about breathing. We can talk about yoga. We can do all those things. In the early stages of anxiety, they're not going to do it because they can't sit long enough. The breathing okay. we can get them to do, you know, because that's, you know, eight seconds, maybe three times you get, you get less than a half a minute, sit down for 20 second, 20 minutes to uh, meditate, not happening. So I get them to work on their breathing first. I get the accelerants out of their bodies. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised anxiety people and accelerants, they go hand in hand. Yes. Because. It's almost like a, a speed at it, you know. The more they do, the more they want to do because the brain, it's that habit formation. It adapts to it and it wants to go with it and it wants to make you act you know, efficiently in those situations. So I remove all those, everything, would systematically, slowly get them all out of their diet. And they come back and say, this is already feeling better.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but this yeah. is, who, who knew? Okay. <laughs> who, who'd have thunk it? Well, yeah. you know, I, I like this, you know, when, when we go into that fight or flight, We also know that those parts of our brain that we rely upon for self-soothing, self-modulation, the ability to think and rationalize and reason, they go offline. They do. They really do. And so right now, what you're in, you're in a fight or flight and you're seeing the world through this myopic straw, and that's all you see and you're in a panicked place. But what you're doing, I think, through your initial education and kind of orienting them to what's going on, truly you're reframing and you're right-sizing what this is and what it's not. Right. And allowing folks really to kind of get a sense of, really, that's what's going on? So it's not in me and it's not me. There's something I'm, I'm experiencing, this, but it's not who I
0: am. It's what's happening to me. Now, how do I then take it from there? Go ahead. So now what we do is I want them to understand the concept of energy management. Yeah, go with it that. pertains to anxiety. So whatever you're doing with your brain or with your body, the energy is going to go where you're directing it. Right. If your anxiety is is blooming here and it's just now you're going to try to think productive thoughts, organize, get things where they need to be. That's not where you're putting your anxiety. You're putting your, your energy into your anxiety, yeah, not into that beast which is out there, into you, into you as an anxiety person. You put your energy there so your brain is saying, okay, that's where we're going. We're going there oh yeah. well but now you're saying well let me think about how this occurred and what i can do to stop it your brain's not going there you you, no. you supplied it with no cognitive energy to make that happen so we've got to get the body calmed down so we begin that process so the energy is not going into the acceleration
1: when you begin to comment like that what are some of the strategies that really can be very helpful to folks what are you seeing work best
0: you know it's, it's interesting. I don't I don't give them cognitive things. I give them behavioral things first. yes, okay? because they're not th- th- again, their brain's not able to do that yet. They will be, and, and some of those people become just you know very efficient cognitive thinkers. But in the beginning, I'm going to say, let's do I'm going to do two, three things. I'm going to ask you to breathe slower. I'm going to ask you to talk slower, and I'm going to ask you to reduce the volume in your speech. Now, those three things run counter to anxiety but they also do something else they put the brain in a position to focus on something in the moment that is decelerating in its presentation and they come back and, and i'll do this right in session And you're, you're, you're going fast slow down a minute you're going fast you're talking loud i am i in an, i'm not in another room i can hear you <laughs> right here let's talk but i talk this way all the time that's just that's just me i said no no that's your anxiety yes that's what that beast is doing to you. So let's, let's fight the anxiety demon here. He want, the beast wants you to talk fast, talk fa- loud. We want you to breathe you know, fast so we don't get enough oxygen in. Let's, let's really infuse the body with that carbon dioxide that right. it's all fighting against you. Let's fight against the beast. When those three things alone, they'll come in. They'll leave the session. I say, how do you feel right now? calm you have that effect on me i said no, no you did it yeah. do you see the three things you did so then i'll either have them write it down if they brought paper and pencil or i will write it down and i will say breathe slow talk slow reduce volume put it on a parasite put that everywhere in your house and yeah. everywhere you go do that yeah as soon as you talk slow you reduce it automatically you reduce the speed the volume Get your body. mean, you you need more nervous energy to talk louder and faster. It goes down. Yeah, breathe slow. Focus in your moment. Yeah, and they'll come back and say, "This is actually working." I'm still anxious, though. Yes, <laughs> and, and they're gonna they're gonna fight that. You know that they're gonna fight that. I'm still anxious because the apprehension is still that that red su- part of the brain didn't turn off yet. Now, you we'll get to the point that it only lights up when it's supposed to when there's survival etc then we're in good shape so i'm not looking i tell them i'm not looking to stop that brain completely i just want it to do it at appropriate times
1: you know there are times in therapy when you say you know you teach someone to just don't do something sit there you're gonna go what and there are places for that to sit with you know strong strong emotions that you're looking to develop some affective tolerance or emotional muscle around or times when you want someone to really kind of sit with and process through and maybe get a a different perspective on something. But what I love that you're saying here is in those moments, don't be with it. Do something in that moment to interrupt what's going on because you can't do two things at one time. I can't be thinking about my anxiety intently with 100% if I have to focus on slowing down my breathing, slowing down my pace, lowering my voice, articulating my words more, now I'm doing something and I interrupt that automatic cycle that's been set off. So I love that because you're giving something them to do that empowers them. And it is empowering and it's interruptive of a process that can kind of get its own life and its own lather going, can't it?
0: It's interesting you say that, because I use the term anxiety interrupts with my people. Okay. And, and I say, but now let me, and they start to get the concept. I say, wait a minute, let, let me just give you an, a working example when you come here, what do you say? You're calmer. You're thinking a little clearer. You, I said, this was a 50 minute or so anxiety interrupt. right? And you right. cognitively consciously said, when I go in that room, I'm going to be relaxed more, but you're putting it on me. It's not on me. I didn't do it. I'm just here. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you some skills and some coping things and all, but we interrupted your cycle. In the first book, I talk about life on autopilot and how we just keep on without thinking. You know, I use the the, the example of the of the airplane pilot who engages his autopilot and then stops flying the machine. He can take a nap if he wanted to. He disengaged his brain from the from the airplane from what was going on. We disengage our consciousness because the brain's natural way of doing things is to get things. On autopilot, so it has energy to do other things by itself. But you're getting the wrong things on autopilot, so we want to interrupt that negative energy, get you to think about it, get it positive, so your brain can make that turn that into a routine for you that works. Yeah, but it's we've already in, the fact that you come here and and the anxiety can go down tells you that's a working example that you can do this anytime you want to but you've got to start retraining that brain. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Continuing
1: education is both a requirement and a learning opportunity, but finding the right CE provider can be challenging. AATBS, a triad company, offers continuing education for psychologists, social workers, marriage and family therapists, counselors, and behavior analysts. CE courses are available both individually and as part of our new all-access pass. All Access Pass provides a library of over 250 unique courses. That's more than 800 hours of CE's with new courses being added every month. As a special offer, Behavioral Health Today listeners can save 15% on CE purchases. Visit us at aatbs.com/bht and enter promo code BHT15 during checkout. That's aatbs.com/bht. Check out our library and check off your CE requirements today. Bost, once folks begin to retrain their brain and they begin to reclaim the control that they actually had the the, the the access to all the time, they just didn't know it. It feels like they kind of lost that ability and the perception of a threat and the perception, I can't handle that. And I'm at its mercy. You begin to kind of reframe, re-educate right size in some really effective ways. Once they begin to do that and they get kind of skilled in that in that process and their life kind of gets back to being their life and then again that gets reclaimed what do you do when there are times to help them maybe say hey now that we've got control of this can we take a look at maybe what the underlying causes have been how does that part of the work go because what we're doing there is we're looking to maybe repair some areas of vulnerability that could be real that could be still future triggering if we could maybe resolve those heal those whatever it may be what do you do in that sense
0: when we get to the point that i feel and they feel also that their body is now in control they're not reacting yeah. they're actually in a place where they start for me they start to introduce some things because they're not fearful of the reaction before okay. I, I i i'm going to remember back to when my dad used to beat me i can't bring that up because as soon as i do i this happened now they say we can bring this up and when you do we're going to use some skills you know go back You and I have been around a while back in the 60s, old sense systematic desensitization stuff. So I'll introduce it and I'll say, You're feeling a little, you know, nervous. Let's calm down. Let's go back to talk slow, breathe, all back, all things, and and introduce it again. Yes. Slower. Now let's start talking about how you felt then. Because this happened 30 years ago, whatever it was, it's not happening now. And we want to be able to say, I can power through this. Mm-hmm. Dad's not going to appear in the doorway and start swinging. right? None of that's going to happen, but you're reliving some old things. Now we can start introducing some you know, realistic measures I- into what's going on. That, I think if we do our job properly, it's them, they bring it up. They'll tell, they ring the bell and say, I'm there. You know, yeah. I want to talk about my father and what he did. Because we have done our job to get them to the point that they can. And if they introduce it, it's far more powerful than if we do. That's so
1: good. What a, what a what a fun process, too, to watch those things. It's kind of the figure ground theory, isn't it? When you, you know, those things that are of a figure in those moments are the things that are most pressing. Maybe it starts with the anxiety and the ability, the inability to really manage those moments. When you learn that skill, it kind of goes back down into the ground. And then the next issue comes up, and here you are saying, Hey, I noticed you, you're bringing up things now, maybe in your past. And what a cool moment to say, hey, it sounds like if those topics are now coming up in our work, you've worked through something. You've regained some control that makes it safe enough for these things to surface finally and come to the to a level of awareness so that we can now work on these. Nice job. Those are milestones along the way in our work. Well done. And then we get to talk about these things.
0: And it's really nice to watch that happen. Yeah. Because they all yeah. can do it. You know, and I say. And the way I present it is, look, you came here anxious and confused and conflicted. And you considered me after a while, we built our rapport. I was your safe spot, your safe place. And that's good. Now we're doing all these things. The goal for us is so that as old transference used to at work, you get to be your own safe place. Mm -hmm. And when you get to that point, whatever comes in, then it's not like you reacted. It gets to your anxiety going. You take that step back. And you catch your breath and you say let me think of what i got here let me look at the facts let me refer it back into those into my own power my own ability to do all these all these things i need to do and they realize they have this it's been inside them all their life i was telling i i said i'm just a guy you hired to help you clean your garage so we get all the crap out of there and you can finally pull the car in that's who i right that's really good you know what what you're
1: raising too earlier is this idea that when we go through traumas or difficult times early on, there literally is a process going on neurologically, like you were referring to. We, we lay down neural pathways around trauma. So that if I'm 48 and I'm going through something that's very traumatic and I have this really powerful reaction that almost seems disproportionate to the moment, but for me, it is real. It's because that neural pathway that got laid down at eight years old, four decades ago, is actually what's firing. And so this moment for me looks like and feels like just like it did when I was eight. It's just how it works. You know, I, mean, I tell, your... them, that.
0: I tell yeah. them that. Go ahead. Very yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what you do, it really empowers them. And then I say, look, you learn. I, I said, first of all, let's back up. And I say, your brain is not just this thinking thing. It's right. a physical organ. So there are structural changes like those pathways that right. develop. Now, they developed to cause you pain or, or to lead to pain. It, that very notion tells you that they can develop to help you m- be happy. And, and, and learning is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's repetition over time. Really good. So really good. when you fail and you are going to fail next week, because your pathways not, you know, the machete didn't cut down all the big junk in the jungle. So we didn't get there yet. So, yeah, you're going to trip and fall down. And this thing's going to come and look like it's going to bite you because you didn't clear the path we're going to create a path and mm-hmm. when we do just from not using the old path all the all the growth is going to grow in there and that's not going to be usable anymore yeah it'll the have beauty battery, but that's yeah. all it'll be it won't have it it, it it won't be something that can affect you
1: yeah that's beautiful the, the the beauty in that is that thank goodness for neuroplasticity where we know that those things will fire together rather wire together but that old path that was back when you were eight or maybe a little bit, you know, longer for a period of time, but that's not now. So every time it goes off, it literally goes down that path, but that's a false alarm. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying here is don't attend to that false alarm. Instead, let's create some other neural pathways with the neuroplasticity is possible. And let's put some different endings on some very familiar beginnings and let's actually test that paradigm that we're living under and with to say, Hey, it feels this way, but it's really not this way. And if I can begin to kind of have those new neural pathways and I begin to fire differently, ah, things are going to be wiring differently in a much more hopeful way. I love that approach, Faust.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I do. It's interesting. I found that in the early years of counseling that if I tried to get them to go in a direction that they weren't ready to go in, it was never going to work. So okay. when, that, when that bell went off, so to speak, and they were going to go down that, that neural pathway that was going to hurt them, of course, their initial reaction was, I can't go there. You know what I always said? Hey. Stop reacting to the bell and know that that's where you went. If you take a, a step or two in there, it's not the end of the world. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Ha- have that bell. Let's turn that bell into a positive. Yeah. let Ding. Okay. That's where I can go. However, I got a few steps already designed on this way. So I, even if I don't go down a new path, I'll just jump on that safe spot. So yes. the bell, it, and, and I actually... I have them put, you know, make a sound if you must, you know, say something, t- hit something. It went off. That's my cue not to go there and to yep. go here. Yeah, good. And so we 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 turned that bell into something other than an anxiety provoking stimuli. We turned it into something that's good, something that feels good for them. Oh, the bell went off. That's where I used to go. I'm going over here now. I have and a every choice time now. They take that little bitty step. They say. It right. did it right i i didn't go anywhere good but that wasn't so strong why yeah. in the world was it strong just what you said i kept going down that path right i kept, I kept
1: th- reinforcing it
0: that's what's real yeah.
1: it's it's a little bit like that you know the the country lane that the you know the car goes down the truck goes down over and over and over it's got this very deeply rutted very you know basically the car can go down that lane almost by itself you know without even having to steer just so deeply entrenched and you're talking about, man, where well, we can, we can, we can avoid those by being conscious of them, being educated the way you're educating people. And we can create new, new country path lanes that are much more healthy and give people back control. You know, I, I know we're kind of winding down our time today. I'm so enjoying this conversation with you and all the things you're just highlighting, man. They're just they're they're wonderful. Give me a sense of somebody that's gone through your program, has come back and said, Hey, Foster, you've you gave my life back, man. And uh, I'm so appreciative. Give us just kind of a little bit of a, a pithy story here of a, of a time that stands out.
0: You know, and there are many, as, as you know, we, we, I
1: can't we, imagine.
0: So There's so many. A lot of times I used to think I didn't have one. I say, wait a minute, I have so many. And <laughs> and I'm not, right. I'm, I'm not, you know, picking, but I'll, the one that sticks out the most is a woman I had, she was about 40 and anxiety all her life. Difficult to go to school when there was no, you know, homeschooling. So she, it's just horrible. And we started to work with the program. And she says, I'm, you know, you're my, like my eighth counselor. I, I really know this isn't going nowhere. I said, well, that's what we, we're starting off in a good place. Here we go. <laughs> so we, we started to work with it. And I, the first step was to say, okay, this is not who you are. You're not going to believe this, but I want you, if I do these things with, with you, if I suggest these, will you do them? Yeah, sure. Will you do them a hundred percent? That's what I need from you. Yes, yeah. okay, now we're gonna start purging. We went through her entire uh, daily schedule for about a week, seven days, let me see it. I'd say, we, we, we saw all the things that were contributing to it, and she had many by that point. We took them, we started taking them out. Second sessions came back just enough to say, okay, it was a little better. I think I'll stick with you. I said, well, I'm glad you're back for the second one because you know how that, that's the first two or three sessions, either we got them or we don't. So she came back now we started working with it and she finally got the idea of what we were saying i'm doing all these things wrong i said why are you doing them wrong she said because i made a decision and i just realized it a long time ago that this was never going to change uh-huh. no matter what i do it's not going to work right i have to understand and it was it, it it's interesting how logic can be applied here as a survival mechanism I have to understand that this is who I am. I have to learn to live with it. I'm not going to be as happy as that person. I I will be out with my friends and they're just ripping it up laughing. And I'm just kind of going, but if I can do that, I'll be okay. I said, you surrendered. You don't ever surrender to something like this. Then we started the concept of that demon, that thing that we're going to fight. Little by little. It took it took me about two years to work with her because it was really a lot of abuse in the background. The whole. But today, at forty three, she went back to school. She's counseling people today. I love but, it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and she called me up and I said, I completed college, you know. And I in what? In in psychology. I said, What are you gonna do? Well, I'm I got a job in, you know, one of the local rehabs. I kinda Okay, but she went, to, went back part time to graduate school. So yeah. now she's you know in late forties and well, came master. out with a master's degree. I said you are going to get your LPC. You're going you're, you're to go. Yeah, I'm a licensed practic- And Now she's in private practice, and you know she used all that old stuff and and yes. the way she changed her life. And you know, her story is out there, and she's and she's doing that with people. And and I've sent a few folks her way. Right? I love and that. I said she's really doing great. So, you know, you can be to the point where you think I want to check out, but if you really work with this thing and do what you need to do, the horizon is bright. I mean, it looks, you have a whole life that can open up because this is not who you are.
1: What I love about that story is that this was this woman's intended life. You know, this is what her potential and her abilities and gifts and talents were, but they were almost under under this anxiety and what you did you freed her from the anxiety and you emancipated really her truest potential to surface and to watch how then she takes this and she helps other people going through something really similar well i i, I love what you're doing man and i just love this approach i love the way you think about it And i love you the way you get people back what's in, inherently theirs i would love folks to be able to follow up with you after our show today learn more about you uh, how to order your book uh, give us some resources about you would you
0: yeah sure as I said, we started in '79. It's the Fix Yourself Empowerment Series. I've just finished Book Three, so we have the Fix Yourself Handbook, which is kind of our flagship book. Everything built from nice. that. The Fix Your Anxiety Handbook was done, uh, finished in June, and we are—I already had the other one started. So next month we should publish the Fix Your Depression Handbook. You know as well as I do, one fo- can follow the other; they can go hand in hand. So you know, a lot of people have both at the same time so that'll come out in December. Everyone can find me on my website, www.fostradgerald.com. Everything about me and the books, excerpts from the books, everything, everything is there. Contact link, and I do get back to people. You know, It's there. So wh- whatever be, people need, i will be glad to help.
1: That's really great. Well, Faust, it's been great to have you on the show. I've really, really enjoyed our time. What a fun dialogue back and forth, and I love what you're doing. And again, thanks for being with us today.
0: You know, Ray, thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah, I, I, You know, I had this, you do so many of these, but this particular one was good because it, I think we really went back and forth and kept expanding on things and people got some real good uh, ideas of some of the things they can do to get this started. So, you know, you know, from my heart, thanks a lot. It was a great time. It was a great interview.
1: Well, mine right back at you and I, I really enjoyed our time as well and I hope folks really appreciate all that can be attained and all that can be reclaimed by the things that you're describing and laying out for us. And I think what we oftentimes look at as mental illnesses actually are very treatable conditions that come up. These are indicators that something's not quite right in our life and we can reclaim it. And what you're doing is giving people hope around that. So again, thank you so much. It's been great to be with you today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for dropping by and joining Foster Me today. It's always great to have you with us. I'd like to remind you that our episode today, as well as an archive of all of our other podcasts and resource materials, can be found on our webpage at bht. Thanks again for being with us. I we'll look forward to seeing you next time on Behavior Health Today. Have those new neural pathways. Welcome to Behavior Health Today. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. My guest today is Foster Gero. Foss had been practicing for nearly 40 years with experience in counseling and psychology. His career has spanned a wide array of settings from clinicals, sorry, his career has spanned a wide array of settings from clinics for deaf children to prisons and major corporations. As a president of the Community Psychological Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania, Foss developed the Process Way of Life counseling program now featured in his award-winning book, The Fix Yourself Handbook. This program offers a comprehensive approach addressing over 50 internal human processes to help individuals overcome life's challenges. Faust's expertise has earned him recognition nationally and internationally, and he hosts a radio show, Fix It with Faust. In 2023, he released the second installment of the Fix Yourself Empowerment series titled The Fix Yourself... Sorry. In 2023, he released the second installment of the Fix Your Self-Empowerment series titled The Fix Your Anxiety Handbook. Faust is committed to improving lives through his innovative counseling and personal development programs, and we're excited to have him with us today to discuss anxiety, desperation, and his book, Fix Your Anxiety. Faust, welcome to the show. Sorry. Faust, welcome to the show. Also want to thank you, our guests. Sorry, not our guests also want to thank you, our listeners, for dropping by and joining Foster Me today. It's always great to have you with us as well. I'd like to remind you that our episode today, as well as our archives, sorry, I'd like to remind you today that our episode, as well as an archive of all of our past podcasts and recent... Go back over there. I'm sorry, Peter. I'd like to remind you that our episode today, as well as an archive of all of our other episodes and our podcasts, Good night. The words are right there. Sorry, I apologize. I'd like to remind you that our episode today, as well as an archive of all of our past podcasts... Let me slow this down. I'd like to remind you today that our episode, as well as an archive of all of our other podcasts and resource materials, can be found on our webpage at tryathq.com/bht. Thanks for being with us again, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time on Behavior Health Today.